Hey, I'm Grace and I'm the host of this podcast, She Builds Me Up. She is my neighbor, my friend, my sister, my mentor, and my inspiration. She's the everyday woman that surrounds me all the time. We laugh together, we cry together, and we love together. I value her because of the amazing gifts she shares with me. Come and join my tribe and let's build something amazing together. This is where we uplift one another, we let our guards down, we invest fully in one another, and we become stronger by doing so. Together, we are going to get into the nitty-gritty of this weird world of adult friendships. We're going to combat our challenges and have fun while doing it. Okay, so I am about to record my next podcast interview, and I have my friend Emma on the phone. Emma Hello. Claire, is that your new, you, you just got married, that's your new last name, right? Yes, Claire without an I. Without an I, yes. That's how my sister-in-law told me to say it to help people. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. Um, so yeah, me and Emma, we met when we were going to college. And I feel like we we actually met in the we had a class together, right? A Southern history class, I believe, is where oh, we met. Yeah. I remember that you would read the books from like cover to cover, and I would not. <laughs> and then when we take these quizzes, and somehow I would do like a little bit better, and you would be pissed. Yep. And I was yep. like, well, you read the whole book, and I just read the highlights, and that's all you need for the quiz. Yep. 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 <laughs> That was a good time. <laughs> Sorry, I did enjoy. I did enjoy that class, though. I mm-hmm. at the time we were both history majors, so yeah, I graduated with I a history degree, nice. and you decided to change your career path to <laughs> sociology. Is that what you're doing right now? Um, I am a family science major. Family science. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I stopped going to school for a while and started working and decided I should figure out what I was passionate about and um, and then started doing family science. So yeah. Yeah. it's been awesome. It's hard. It's very hard to choose between like family science, social work, and psychology and be- behavioral science. Um, but I figured out by like taking the actual classes that I really love my family science classes. Okay. Part of it might be because the teachers are like, yeah, bring food. Let's talk about our personal issues. That's part of the assignment. <laughs> and like, you're like, right. done. I mean, that sounds like I should have done family history. That's like, not history, science. <laughs> um, so the reason, and your topic ties into your current line of study. And so tell us yeah. first what you do for a job, because I think that's important for background as well. Okay, so when I left school, um, I started working at a um, a treatment, uh, a residential treatment center for teenage girls. Um, and when some people will hear residential treatment, they think like drug rehab. Um, it's not really that. Um, it was for teenage girls with like mental health issues, um, usually depression, anxiety. Um, a lot of them had. Um, trauma and um like self-harm suicidal ideation um and you know things some borderline um personality tendencies um and some and you know lots of like attachment issues um and so now so i worked there for four years um and for the past two years i've worked with young adults um with a lot of the same issues 
Um, but they, it's a little bit different when you're an adult. Um, and it, a lot of the focus is on, you know, how to kind of like be in a, a successful adult, mm-hmm. you know, in the world. Um, and when you're a teenager in treatment, you know, like somebody's kind of like forcing you to be there. Um, and so that can have its issues when you're a young adult. It's, it's a little bit more like, you know, we can't keep you here if you don't want to be, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is nice. So do they choose to enter the program or how does that work? Yes, they choose to enter the program. I will say though, um, so we are like private pay and we do our best to work um, with the families and their insurance to get insurance to pay as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's like touch and go and not a ton of people have insurance that will pay for something like treatment um, in another state um, that costs a lot of money a month. Um, So... A lot of our students will go to, like, maybe a wilderness program first. Maybe they've been in, like, you know, like maybe they're turning 18 or just turned 18. Um, And so it's kind of like more aftercare. Um, And sometimes when we have a student who's a little bit, like, less um, thrilled about coming to treatment or staying in treatment, um, their parents, like, who usually still they're dependent on, might throw down, like, a gauntlet of, well, you know, you can go live on your own, but if you leave, like, if you don't stay in treatment, like, I'm not going to continue to, like, finance your life. Um, So some of our students, like, it's always their choice, but they're kind of in, like, it doesn't feel like their choice all the time because their parents have been, like, very, like, well, you need to get the help that you need or I'm not going to, you know, continue to, um, like, pay for, you know, everything so a lot of our students have gone to college and like failed out or um like kind of like dabbled in you know too much drugs or or sometimes just like too um we have a lot of students on the spectrum and so they're just like very dependent on their parents and realize they need um you know more skills gotcha gotcha okay and so it was through this job and like your kind of school work that you decided on um this topic of realizing that families are a system and it like takes ownership to like realize that you can't put all the blame of like problems in your family on one person. And so if you just wanted to elaborate a little bit on your topic, cause you will do a much better job of explaining it than what I just said. Yeah. Um, so uh, one thing that happens is like, um, some people are like, Oh, you know, like p- people want to blame the parents. People want to blame, um, like their kid or the, like we call them students. Um, and if you want like the technical term, that's like the identified patient. Um, and really it's about like the, the whole family. It's not like one person is wrong or one person is right. It's just how we're functioning, um, as a, like a family system. Um, and truthfully how each generation has functioned beforehand, um, to kind of like, you know, like mold the next generation. Um, so like as a parent, you might do something, um, like because your mom did it, or you might do something like, um, like you don't want to do something because Mm -hmm. your mom did it. Um, and I recently was doing a training for work, um, and thought a lot about my dad, um, and just kind of what 
how he learned and how he taught me um, was just basically like, oh, well, he just like was very self-taught and self-made. Um, and so instead of saying like, okay, like I want my daughter to pick all these weeds at 15. Um, and so like, you know, he would garden with me and do stuff growing up. And so I was ready for that. Um, it was just like, you know, I would do nothing. And then he would be like, okay, like now I'm going to kind of throw you into this mm-hmm. and I'm not going to like kind of tell you like, oh, you know, use a shovel or here's some gloves or, you know, I'm from Alabama. And so it wasn't like, well, it's really hot in Alabama at this time of day. So you might want to do it early in the morning right. um, or something like that. <laughs> it was just like, hey, go, go figure it out um, because that's how he learned. Um, so through his lessons, I kind of had to learn. I learned not what he wanted me to learn, but I learned different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. And what would you say, like, what did you learn? Yeah, because you weren't learning to weed correctly because you didn't know what to do. So what what were you learning? Well, back then I didn't know that I had, um, like, issues with anxiety. And so I think I kind of had to learn how to, um, like, calm myself down and, mm-hmm. um, like, breathe through something and kind of figure out and make something smaller um in my head at least because your brain can kind of be like this is huge um so um one of the like I was working for my dad one summer and he like sent me to like um clean out a house after it was sheetrocked I don't know if y'all know but after a house is sheetrocked it is filled with dust um and like usually the people usually men that are working on houses they just like throw their trash everywhere so it's kind of like a sea of dust like of rolling dust full of like trash boats um and so I just like you know was just panicking because I'm like I can't do a full house of this like I'll never leave here um so I just had to kind of learn like you know one thing at a time, one problem at a time, one room at a time, mm-hmm. um, one bag of dust at a time, you know, so I don't, I probably didn't learn like the best way to weed and I still hate it to this day yeah. um, or like the best way to clean out a house after it was sheet rocked. But I did learn this like compartmentalization of tasks when I'm overwhelmed of like, um, and then, you know, if you have ADHD or something like that, um, they call it chunking, mm-hmm. you know, like we're just going to focus on this one part you know so you don't get overwhelmed but I kind of had to learn it um backwards like Mm -hmm. get overwhelmed and then go from there um but yeah so I guess what you're saying is that it would have been more helpful for your dad to kind of like weed with you growing up gradually versus just throwing you to clean a house with no knowledge for sure, yeah. Um, I mean, and that's what I've really learned in, like, my classes and at my job is um, when, you know, someone teaches, you really learn by what's around you and what you absorb. Like, um, so, like, kids, you know, like, everybody knows, um, like, when a kid falls and hurts themselves, like, the first thing they do is kind of look around, you mm-hmm. know, and see um, what's going on and, like, how people are reacting and then they learn how to react. Um 
Yeah. So it's the same way as like if you're, you know, teaching someone and walking beside them and supporting them. And then as they get older, kind of giving them a little bit more, you know, leeway to choose themselves and figure things out themselves. Um, because what you don't want to do is kind of like, you know, put like not separate yourself from your kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to like realize they're their own person, you know, from the beginning. Um, and so they have to like walk on their own but that doesn't mean you can't like be there right next to them um you know offering support and help when they need it or ask for it Mm -hmm. um and so it would have yeah it would have been very helpful to kind of gradually kind of step up to okay like yeah you start i mean those weeds were almost my height and gnarly um (laughs) so it would have been nice to kind of start with like you know the ones you can just sort of like pull right on out yeah. as a kid and i would have had a lot better um feelings about it yeah you know beside my dad him showing me me going like oh what kind of weed is this or and like now that i'm older like i know like some weeds you can spray with stuff some weeds you can pull up and they won't come back some weeds they'll always come back you know there's always yeah. like things to learn um and you can have you can do really crappy stuff and have positive memories about it um based on how you're taught yeah um, instead of this like um you know like please no weeds ever (laughs) feeling um so like that's what we tried to really do with our students is because they're young adults just um doing more of like a supportive i'm here if you want any like any advice like i can like what are your thoughts what do you want to do I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, do you want me to make suggestions, um, you know, sort of thing. Um, and that's what I really like love and believe in. Um, yeah, because it can be really hard for parents though, to kind of separate themselves from their kids, especially as they get right. older and get more independent. Well, and I'm just sitting here trying to think about how this applies to me. And I feel like when I'm think if I'm putting myself in your place with my dad throwing me in to pull weeds that would require that would be really frustrating because you're thrown into this situation where you're like i don't know how to do this but i have to do it because here i am on the side of the road like and then i put myself in your dad's position where how many times do i sit there and i'm like why can't my kid just figure this out and like i don't own my own like part to play in this like frustrating experience because i'm kind of like the toy room is a huge mess right now, guys. Like, just clean it. Where, like, yeah. I don't even think, like, hey, my son's only five, and, like, a, a toy room where you can't even see the floor, that's probably really overwhelming for him. And I should probably yeah. go in there and, like, show him, like, this is where the toys go, and, like, here's a good way, a system to, like, clean this room versus just expecting that he should know how to do it. And I think yeah. you have to think about, like, okay, why am I parenting this way, like you said? Why... What can I do to help this system work better, like you said? So, For, for sure. Um, there's this really great, great book um, about, like, when you're training people and trying to help things, like, stick. It's called Made to Stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about, like, the curse of knowledge. And, mm-hmm. like, the more you know and the more, like, um, like better you become at something and a professional, you sort of forget, like, the breakdown of how to do something. And you just assume a lot about what 
you know, things that people can do. Yeah. Um, and so when you're training them, you skip a lot of steps and people don't always understand what you're talking about. Um, and like, we need to like simply break things down. Yeah. Um, and you know, like not assume someone knows like what you're talking about, you know, especially if it's like a lot of the time it's something we think is simple. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think of like the things that I had to figure out for myself that didn't feel simple at all. And Mm -hmm. I just had so many questions about like, well, how do I do this right? How, and what should it look like? And, um, you know, and the, the overwhelming toys, like right like now as an adult, because I've had to force my way through situations like that so many times, like now Mm -hmm. it's no big deal, but like as a kid and, you know, probably into like my young adulthood, it took me a while to be like, Oh yeah, this is not that overwhelming. I have a system, but it takes practice and your Mm -hmm. brain Mm -hmm. has to like get resilience to things that it naturally finds difficult. And, um, and when you're a teacher, when you're a parent, when, like, you have to kind of, like, remember, like, hey, like, I, you know, this came naturally to me, someone taught this to me, this didn't come naturally to me, whatever it is, like, mm-hmm. you know, I have to break this down um, and be patient. Um, yeah. Because it's not really about, like, the end results, it's about, you know, like, the process um, and, like, how, like, they feel about it. I remember feeling like confused and being scared to ask questions um and like wanting my dad to think like you know I could do things and that I was smart and that I was hardworking like he was mm-hmm. but you know like and but also crying in the weeds because like I felt so incapable but didn't like want to share that with him yeah um so I think like it's so much more important for there to be a an ability to kind of like your kids to come to you and do that. And like, you know, I think it is important for them to like want to please you and make you happy and all of that. But for like it, then to wait, like it's so much more important for them to come to you and be like, you left me, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I, I want your help. I need your help. Um, because if they can do it when like they're, you know, picking weeds, they can do it, you know, when they get older and they're failing a class or they're dating a crazy person or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of to extend this topic a little more like what we had talked about and how this how this same principle applies with just any kind of relationship you can have. And I've been thinking just like with what you just said, there's so many times where I struggle with this for sure. This is one of my flaws where like I'm in a relationship with somebody, whether that's a friendship, my spouse, my, you know, mom, where like I just assume that they know these things that I know very well because I've had these certain life experiences And then I, it's so easy to forget like, oh wait, like Emma has never gone through X, Y, and Z. She's gone through these other things. And so she knows things that I don't know, but I can't just assume that she's on the same level as me with A, B, and C because I don't know where she's at with that thing. And so it's important to like communicate it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, I remember I was single for... I mean, to me, obviously, it felt like forever. Um, <laughs> um, and I, like, dated some, um, but I got married last year, and um, we met, you know, when I was, like, 30, 
to. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's not too old. It's not the end of the world. But I remember like, you know, either working on myself because I was in a healthy place and knew it was important to work on myself. Um, or I was in a less healthy place and I was working on myself to find the, the man. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> Like, it's so important to know, like, what is yours and what isn't, um, and to not, like, put, like, things on others that isn't theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes, like, when you find someone younger, um, you kind of have to work that out together and figure it out. Um, and I, I feel really lucky that I found someone a little bit later because I kind of, I've had to figure all of that out, um, and be mm-hmm. like, okay, this is me, this is my stuff, um, and now I can, um, it doesn't always, like, save you from having, like, a meltdown, um, yeah. of, like, you know, like, you don't always do the healthiest thing, but I can get back to, okay, like, yeah, this is me, this is my stuff, this is the things I've talked to my therapist about, um, like, this is, and I know that for my relationships, I know that for when I have kids, like I know what's going to be important to me. I know what's not. I know what's going to come from my mom, my dad, my grandparents, mm-hmm. um, and like what can, you know, just that generational um, family dynamics and systems that kind of came you know, to me, and, like, that's the biggest part is that you're aware of it, um, so you can know, like, hey, I'm putting all this pressure on my kid, um, you know, because I never achieved this, or, you know, I need my husband to do this because, like, um, you know, I feel insecure, and that's not fair, you know, so I can tell him that, like, hey, I need you to do this, and I know, like, it's, to make me feel better and I'm working on it or whatever it is. It's just like to be self-aware enough, um, to not put things on like your loved ones or strangers or whatever it is. Um, and that's what I really love about like my life and my major and my job is like, I usually get to be around other people who are pretty self-aware. Um, and, um, it's nice because when, they can kind of, you know, I can, I get to manage a lot of people and I'll kind of say to them, you know, like, Hey, like, I think that's like your anxiety talking. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a coworker today, like say like, Hey, like, I'm like, can I talk to you about this? I'm a little worried about it. Like I invited a female worker coworker to come like do this thing with us because she likes it too. And now I'm worried. Like she thinks I like her and then like, he's just going on. I'm like, Hey, I get anxious too. Like, I'm pretty sure that's your anxiety and it's like going to be okay. And I'm really glad that you could talk to me about this sort of thing. Yeah. Because like, once you can say it out loud, it helps so much better. He's like, yeah, once I said it out loud, I realized it was kind of a lot and it wasn't, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It's just like so nice to be like, Hey, like we're all people and functioning. And I just remember being younger and depressed and like not, like feeling so ashamed and weak and not wanting to tell people. And then once I like finally could, I was like, Oh, like people are so nice and understanding and yeah, like they get it too. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I wish I could have figured my own self out with like making better choices all along the way, but you know, like I turned out pretty well. Totally. Um, totally. <laughs> so if you're 
we're talking about this idea of needing to be self-aware to so that you acknowledge your co- contribution to this system called a relationship. So what would be your advice, I guess, to increase your self-awareness? Um, okay, so I feel like just like whenever anything happens and you're like in your head, like, you know, driving down the street, like, you know, like, thinking about another person, and like, oh, like, mm, you know, she said this, like, I can't believe, you know, and just thinking, like, you know, like, how accurate is that? Like, what am I telling myself? Like, what other pers- perspectives are possible? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, there's a lot of great, um, like, books and, um, like, educational sources out there about like the stories we tell ourselves mm-hmm. um and like our mental dialogue and so just like okay what story am i telling myself and then what like other possible stories are out there um mm-hmm. a book i really love is called the way of peace um and it talks about being in the box and it's like there's like four sections of the box and one of them is must be seen as um and then there's i deserve um and then there's better than and less than and if you can figure out like where you're at in the box and it's all like back to you, mm-hmm. um, it's not ever about like that other person. Um, and if you can, and it's not saying like that person wasn't rude or that person didn't do that thing that like that is immaterial, mm-hmm. um, because it's all like what kind of power you want to give what they did. But if you can kind of figure out like, Oh, like, you know, they said this and, I felt this way about it and like you can kind of go through this like internal dialogue you can kind of give them less power it doesn't mean you don't respect yourself it doesn't mean you have to take shit from other people you don't deserve it means like you know I'm not gonna like let like this bother me yeah Um, you know like people are really good about you know practicing mindfulness and meditation and um and I really believe in those things what really works the best for me is just kind of being like, okay, like I'm on one now about this. So what else is going on? And like, what did that really hit in me? Because like, I don't really, do I really care like about that that much? Do Mm -hmm. I really like, am I like when I like feel awesome and know that I'm awesome, like I behave in like a much more, like efficient, hardworking, like my, just like who I am, mm-hmm. like is, is right there. And I'm not worried about like, Oh, do they think I'm cool? Or what did, Oh, did he misconstrue what I said? And no, 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 no. You know, like this whole, like, inter- if my internal dialogue is dialed up to that, like intensity, anxious thing that I'm like, okay, what's going on with me? Like, like, yeah. just like talk yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Well, and I love that. It's like the first reaction when you're feeling any kind of turmoil in any kind of relationship should be like, what's going on with me? Yeah. I think that's a good place to start. Because yeah. um, I just remember when I was growing up and I would have some kind of tiff with some friend or someone who wasn't my friend, I guess. And like, I just, I would always get so frustrated with my mom because I would always be like, well, she said this and he said this. And she'd be like, well, how do you think they're feeling? Like... You know what I'm saying? And she was con- she <laughs> yeah. constantly forced me to look outside of myself and how I was feeling. And, like, 
see like what's the other perspective and like why is this hitting your nerve and like and so like forcing me to think in that terms and so like now that I'm in my 30s and like if I get into some kind of tiff which that doesn't happen that often but if it does it's very like okay what could I have done differently because you can only control yourself so like what could I have done differently how can I think about this differently how can I approach this differently um, and, to, and it gives you a lot more power because you're just like, okay, I have some control of the situation. I'm not a victim here. I'm not someone who's just like being acted upon. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> um, so moving forward to pa- parent relationship, because I know you have a lot of experience with teenagers and um, I personally don't have teenagers, but I still think the... Uh, yeah, not yet. I will. I still think the <laughs> principles that we talked about before I started recording are super helpful. So if you just want to kind of talk about that. I need you to repeat that. You kind of um, went out. Oh, sorry. I just said if you want to just talk about the idea of like parenting teenagers and what we had talked about before. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I recently had to do an assignment and I'm very passionate about um, like um, – parenting you know especially parents of like 10 to 14 year olds because um anybody who has like a kid that age like usually they're like usually very lovely um it's a very like um like please like they want to be pleasing they want to be industrious um and then they like slowly um they start sort of like start hitting puberty they get flooded with hormones and they um, start becoming a butthead um and i feel like society has just sort of accepted like oh teenagers are hard daughters like hate their moms um and we just don't know what to do with them um and i think we could probably like shift that and do a better job of like understanding like the hormonal changes um their frontal lobes are still developing um there's a reason why, you know, like they kind of go around like they're invincible, which only gets worse um, <laughs> as they like really hit like teenagerhood, I guess. Um, and so, like, being aware of like your own emotional tolerance, like what you know you can handle, what's gonna like you know, based on your past experiences and that self-awareness, like what's going to trigger you, what like your kid's going to say and do, it's really going to get to you. It's going to bring up your own stuff. Um, so you can be aware and like parent them better. And also like, because if, like when a kid is like struggling, it doesn't have to like be the end of the world for the whole family. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like rolling with that and understanding it, um, as a phase and it's very very difficult for them um and use it and the biggest thing is teaching so a lot of a thing that people say um to them all the time is to use their words um but they are getting flooded with emotions um and they don't know how to talk about their emotions mm-hmm. which means like their parents have to be able to teach them how to talk about their emotions, mm-hmm. which means their parents need to be able to talk about their emotions um, as well. And yeah. so, um, like, that is how I feel like we can kind of change, like, just with more knowledge about like, what being a teenager is like and looks like scientifically. <laughs> um, and just like, oh, like, I'm kind of cursed with knowledge of 
you know, as an adult, I don't remember going through this as well as I could. And I need to teach you how to use your words of like all the things that you're being flooded with and feeling mm-hmm. um, and setting up when they're before that. Like, I'm someone you can confide in. I can like respect you um, and be there for you. And um, like, I'm not going to let you like detach from me I like I'm not gonna leave you not gonna leave me um and like we're still here um like for each other mm-hmm. um there's a really really amazing book I know I keep mentioning books um uh, but it's called hold on to your kids um my parents um should matter more than peers mm-hmm. um and it just like like it talks about attachment and like staying your child's like number one like attachment figure like through this time and you know how to like reestablish that attachment if it goes away um and I just like love it in my core because I was like oh this is why things are getting messed up um but mm-hmm. yeah um did I forget anything guys no I think that was good Um, so I guess I'm just thinking, like, if you are in a tumultuous parent-child relationship, because this could apply to younger than teens, too. Sure. Um, you're saying that the first step is to just sit there and say, okay, what was my contribution to this? Sure. Um, and so then what do you, what do you do with that? You just kind of are like, like, where does the responsibility end with you and start with them, I guess, is the question. Well, I think it all, like definitely depends on their age Um, and you definitely don't want to rescue your child from like consequences um but you always want to like have those set up you know in advance so like Mm -hmm. if it's like you know if they're a teenager and you know it's like oh if you're not home by curfew then you don't get this like you can like do those things in a very calm loving way Mm -hmm. um i think we think we have to be like you know intense about those sort of things but if you set up like expectations and boundaries and consequences um if they're younger um like obviously like the like patience of well i think if you have kids at all patience always um Mm -hmm. there's another book it's called scream free parenting Mm -hmm. um it's it's the worst name ever but it just talks about like calming yourself and being this like um like anchor and safe place mm-hmm. for your kid at all mm-hmm. times and how to deal with like um you know like my kid won't go to bed and like I don't know what to do in these circumstances and kind of like how to set up um like you know like rules and um and things like that um the biggest thing is to like stay calm and always do things like based on your values mm-hmm. um, and because you care um, and to not spare your kid from consequences because if you do you like spare them from like learning yeah um, and like that's just so big um and like I mean this sounds I mean it's not that old-fashioned well it is but it's good like setting aside like quality time and expectations Mm -hmm. and also like kids need to be dependent on you Mm -hmm. um like they naturally will become independent that's how people work um Mm -hmm. but like kiddos like you know needing to like eat at the house and um you know like come to you for things um whether it's like directions or whatever it is um one of my favorite 
stories in the Hold On To Your Kids book is he has, like, a 14-year-old who, like, has, like, disconnected and is, like, all into her friends. And he takes her on, like, a camping trip in, like, an area she's never been. So, at, like, the beginning, she's, like, walking in front of him and doing whatever. But she doesn't know where she's going. So, she has to keep, like, turning around and turning around and whatever. So, mm-hmm. so she's completely dependent on her dad. Um, like, we are, like, we're animals. Um, yeah. And so, like, we need to remember, like, that we need to always, like, be protecting and keeping like our kids in this like it's kind of weird but this animalistic way so he basically like spends all this quality time with her and connecting with her um and kind of reminding her like also though like i'm your dad and i'm here to show you you know like how to do things and where to go um and by the end of the trip like of course she's like walking next to him and like they're all good and whatever but on like the way home she says like, but dad, why did you leave me? And he like Im- immediately like feels defensive because he's like, well, you know, she's on her phone all the time. She wants to be at her friend's house, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't leave her. Um, but a lot of the time, like whatever, like the kid is the one that feels left. Um, yeah. and it's not necessarily because like the parent like did something like specific, like maybe they're working more, maybe just something changed. It's not like a big deal. It's not like like parents are bad or something but for some reason like the like the kid feels an attachment void um yeah. and then they seek you know comfort or safety somewhere else but that what they choose is not safe mm-hmm. um uh and the other thing i love is you know when like babies are little mm-hmm. and you like get in their face and you like love on them yeah like you actually need it's called like getting in their space in like a friendly way you need to do that like throughout your kid's life you need to get in their space in a friendly way mm-hmm. um like you don't need to get in their face in an unfriendly way but just like taking time whether like especially like before times where you realize they struggle yeah like if you can like insert quality time um like if it's in the morning if you can get up earlier and like you know like sit in a chair together or do stuff together or even so at my work we have something that's called the arm around the shoulder approach mm-hmm. and some of our kids are like not super into touch so sometimes it's more of like a theoretical approach but sometimes it's like a very like we put their an arm around the shoulder or we pat them or whatever yeah um, but it's just like you know like gathering in you know, in a non-threatening, loving way of like, hey, like, I got you. Yeah. Um, and I, I can never say too much for consistency and structure. Yeah. Like, you know, routine, do what you say you're going to do, follow through, um, and like, like be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the quality time that you can manage. Um, and I could pull out my soapbox and talk about phones for days but like um there's this thing called continuous positive attention Mm -hmm. um and it's basically like it's like they talk about it for marriages like people are like it ruins marriages because people like yeah yeah i'm paying attention to you but i'm also like playing this game on my phone Mm -hmm. um and it's uh, so it's like whenever you can create like like phones have a great ability to keep people connected in a great way, um, but they also can be very detrimental. Um, and so teaching your kids from a young age, like this is family time and this is what it looks like. And we're going to like honor each other and our like connection to each other. And like, you know, we're going to, we're going to put this down yeah. and we're not going to look at it or, and just teaching people how to communicate and have good etiquette around phones. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Like if I'm at the dinner table with my husband and I get like a work text, I say, Hey honey, I got to check this. I got to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. You know, that's very different than like me checking my phone at the table and just like not paying attention or yeah. whatever. Um, so. Well, and then you're equipping so your kids. <laughs> well, yes, but just you're equipping your kids to then when they make relationships in the future, they'll sit there and remember like, hey, like we didn't have our phones out when we were doing X, Y, and Z. So mm -hmm. maybe I should put my phone away. Yeah. And that applies well, to I, other things too. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying that applies to other things too, but the phone thing was what we were talking about. Oh yeah. No, that's a good point. It applies to everything, but that's just what I, I deal with a lot of, um, I'm people sure. with process addictions. So, and, Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. So just the tech. Okay. Well, just to wrap up, um, just to kind of go over what we've already talked about, I just, even though what you said about teenagers, I just love that like those same principles can apply to basically any relationship. I mean, not any mm -hmm. relationship in the sense of like, sometimes you're the mom and you're like different than I'm going to treat my spouse different than I teach my child, obviously. But just this idea of like looking at yourself and thinking like, hey, maybe there was a change. Like I'm at work more, I'm at this more. And I didn't recognize that that was affecting this other person. And instead yeah. of like getting offended and defensive, I'm choosing to take accountability to say, hey, I had I played a role, even though it wasn't intentional. I played a role in the distance between us. And like I have the power, whether I'm right or I'm wrong, I can still yeah. choose to do something to make us closer and to like repair things. And it's not about like who was right and who was wrong. It's just about like acknowledging your contribution. Yeah. That's so, like, my husband and I, like, we were practicing, like, reflective listening, and it's mm -hmm. so funny because he always, like, in his brain, it's always about, like, who's going to be the winner, mm -hmm. and I'm like, <laughs> we seriously, like, this isn't even, like, a real fight. Yeah. Like, you're pretending to be, like, a kid, and I'm pretending to be a mom, and I'm telling you why I don't want you to play football, and you're telling me why I do, but you keep changing it from reflective listening to an argument because you want to <laughs> win so bad. It's like, we're, like, the thing about families, especially, mm -hmm. everybody's on the same side. Yes. And, yeah. like, like husband and wife, like, you're not fighting to win, because if somebody wins, then you both lose. Like, you really, like, yeah. like want, want to be on the same side. Yeah. And you want to be on the same side as your kid, like, yeah. and get like and to understand each other and you, hopefully as I get older you want them to understand like how you feel too yeah um and like teach them like oh okay like you know I'm not just like your parent of you know I'm a person too and that hurts my feelings when you do this and that or I don't want you to play football because like it's really expensive and you're all I have and I don't want you to hurt your brain and yeah. like you're so athletic you might play forever and I'm scared like or whatever um so just like everything like we do is like a teaching um and if you but if you view things as like I'm against someone else or it's about someone else it's like it's either like it's usually about you mm -hmm. um not in a selfish way but and then if you're like it's like you want to get end up on the same side as someone yeah and that's like what's so hard sometimes to change in our brains is like mm -hmm. you're not like beating someone down it's like how can we 
get back like aligned with each other yes absolutely thank you um well i just want to thank you for all these wonderful thoughts i definitely (laughs) have a lot to think about with my relationships in my life and my parenting and like I said, I just feel like it's that time, like my kid, my oldest is five. And so like, I have to think about like, how much is he seeing me on my phone? Like that's kind of stuff is seems insignificant, but it's so significant, especially like in 10 years, it's going to be, he's going to yeah. look back at those times and be like, was my mom on my phone or was she paying attention to me? So, mm-hmm. um, it's a, just a good reminder for me that to be, more accountable for my actions and i use the phone as an example just because that's an obvious one so anyway um did you have any other concluding thoughts before we wrap up no i just appreciate you know being asked in your time and everyone else's time out there in the void (laughs) yes (laughs) yes anyway well thanks for coming on emma yeah no problem love you If you enjoyed this episode or other episodes of this podcast, I would encourage you to share it with your friends and family. And you can always leave a review either on Apple Podcasts or now on Spotify. I really appreciate any kind of feedback I can get because that's the best way that you can support me. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at SheBuildsMeUp and you can always email me through the link in my Instagram. I always love hearing from my listeners.